Hey, thanks for listening. This is Brett. I'm the lead pastor here at Engage Church. This is a sermon series called Get a Grip. This is a message called Confessions. Are you ready? Let's go. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. So we're forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. What you need to know about me is today's message is called Confessions. And I've got a message, a confession to make, and that's that all my Bible verses and scriptures are available on the YouVersion Bible app right now. If you go hit the more button in the bottom right-hand corner of the YouVersion app and then hit events, you'll see Engage Church, and everything is locked and loaded in there for you. But I've got another confession to make, and that is when I was a child, I was a massive fan of Star Trek The Next Generation. (laughs) To a level where part of the impact and legacy I have on the generations is I'm passing down a whole collection of every action figure ever made available from Star Trek The Next Generation, including ships, paraphernalia, uh, phasers, tricorders, everything. And as if that was not enough, I also had a suit. Full uniform, doesn't fit right now, fits about my pinky, but uh, that's grade one, Brett, uh, who rocked that well through uh, early elementary. Uh, It got better as I went, because I had the little ranking pins that got added, as well as phasers and tricors and all types of awesome things. But what, what I found really cool is, you know, you watch a show like that, and you're like, wow, the future, it's amazing. And you look at all the technology, and then what I realize is that science fiction and, and all those TV shows we watch, it actually soon becomes science fact. There's this guy named Martin Cooper, and he worked for a company called Motorola. Anyone heard of Motorola? Uh, some of us haven't because we only live in the era of the iPhone, and we're like, what's a Motorola? The original cell phone. And this guy, Martin Cooper, loved Star Trek, the original series, and he loved this little thing called the communicator. And what you'd do with it is you would take it, flip it open, and talk to anyone that was around on your crew, you know, on an away mission, or you're up on the ship, or if you're about to die, you just flip this thing open, and you talk into it. Martin Cooper, inspired by that piece of science fiction, created the first ever flip cell phone called the Motorola Flip. Sorry, take off. And he, he, he was inspired by science fiction. All this stuff in the past actually fuels the innovation of the future. In fact, if you, if you watch like those shows, like there's all kinds of things. Like I don't know if you've ever uh, noticed this, but if you've ever, anyway, I shouldn't get you to put up your hands if you've seen Star Trek, but there's this thing that they have on the, on the ship called the computer, and you just go, computer, where's Jesse Martineau? And she's like, sitting on the front row. And you're like, thanks. Now we're like, hey Siri. <laughs> or hey Google. All those things that were so far in the future are like literally right here today. It was all inspired by this show that happened in like the 80s and 90s. And it's all we're living in right now. They used to walk around with these amazing like tablets and hand people. And they would, it's like, oh man, look at that thing. They're just looking at documents on a tablet. And now our iPad is actually more powerful than the tablet they use in the show that's set centuries in the future. It's amazing. Or tricorder, they scan it. Well, now we're all human beings walking around with an iPhone in our hands. All this science fiction stuff became science fact because the creativity of the past fuels the innovation of the future. The reality is past has more power over our future than we anticipated. 
So I guess the question we have to ask ourselves today is why on earth do we let our past dictate our future? Why have we given so much power to our past? There's a UCLA neuroscientist. Yeah, that's right. We're going there. Dr. Alex Korb. And they did this study. And uh, what they did is they monitored the, the brain activity in the part of the amygdala. Yeah. You didn't take bio? Well, brush up on it. And part of the amygdala that, can, that conducts negative emotions. So they're like, we just want to see what happens in the brain when people got all the negative vibes. And what they discovered when they started monitoring this part of the brain is that negative emotions or thoughts are three to nine times more powerful than a powerful thought. Or sorry, than a positive thought. They're that powerful. Three to nine times more powerful. So they started trick, and they, they're like, this can't be true. There's no way that that's true. But if you've ever been in like a bad mood and you find it so hard to get yourself out of bad mood, it's kind of not really your fault. Like you, you could do everything, but you know, it's so powerful. You just succumb to the pressure. Like I was literally, oh, I shouldn't tell this story. We were at a, I was at a pastor's conference <clears throat> and the worship was so bad that I was so mad <clears throat> that I actually had to walk out of the room and give myself an attitude adjustment and come back in and it didn't work. And I'm like, listen, negative emotions are three to nine times more powerful. I, it's not my fault. But what these scientists wanted to figure out is how do we, like, how do we overcome these negative emotions? Like, how do we get past them? How do we blow through them? There's got to be a way to get out of this negative spiral. It's called an upward spiral. You can actually get out of it. But the amazing thing is what they discover is not a new idea at all, except, in fact, it's a super old idea. What, what we need to take away today, and this is the first, not that I have points, but if I did, this would be the first one. If you're writing it down, like Sherry, who's great at taking notes, you should all take notes. Uh, is that if you're, if, if, if you're going to move forward, you've got to clear the road if you're going to make it to your destination. You've got to get rid of all the junk that's in front of you. You've got to clear the road to get to your destination. But you also have to be aware that there's actually baggage that you're carrying that's also holding you back from getting to your destination. So you've got to clear the road and drop the baggage, drop the junk to make it to your destination, to walk into the future. If you want to know how to take hold of the future, you leave your baggage right here, right now. You just drop it here and you clear a path for the future. What they discovered was when every single subject took that negative emotion, they named it and they described it that all the activity in the limbic system was automatically rendered useless because the prefrontal cortex was activated. Yeah, it's crazy. And took out all of the power of the negative emotions. And you're like, okay, I still don't know what you're saying. What I'm saying is, there's this old idea that happens in scripture and to encourage you to bring a paper Bible, I'm only going to read it out of this. It's not going to come out on the screen. And because I forgot to give it to Trina. Uh, I'm confessing. But there's this old idea that Jesus actually knew about this. And he, he's like, I got this for you. But we just ignored it for a long time. He says this in 1 John 1 verse 8. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and is faithful, uh, 
this, I read that twice. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. God knows how our brain works. He understands science. See, sometimes as Christians, we get really nervous with scientific discovery because we're like, wow, I think God's going to be surprised about that one. No, you're surprised about that one. God made this, already knows how it works. So when we read something in the Bible that says, confess your sins to God and he is faithful and just to forgive, what he's actually saying is take those negative emotions, take those things in your past that are holding you back, that have power over you, name them, label them, give them to Jesus. And when you do that, he already knows how to bring calm and peace to our brain. Because he's created a mechanism by which he can heal our minds and heal our hearts. So we confess our sins to Jesus. We say, listen, Lord, these are my mistakes. These are, these are the things that are going on. And guess what? He already paid the price. Sometimes we're so afraid. We've got this negative connotation of confessing. And I'm not talking about going to sit in a box with an old man where he asks you all your deep, dark secrets. We don't have to do that. We have a guy named Jesus who's our great high priest. And we come directly to Jesus and we say, Jesus, listen, I screwed up and here's my thing. And guess what happens? When I give that to Jesus, not only am I giving it to him spiritually because he already paid the price for it, but he created something, a mechanism for my biology, for my brain, that to diffuse the power of sin and my mistakes in my past in that moment. He just shuts it down. He says, listen, those things don't have power over you anymore. But we've, we've run away from this idea because we don't like this idea of being exposed. We feel uncomfortable. We feel like we live a better life if we could just keep our secrets from Jesus. And we forgot that he knows everything. We're like, no, 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 he doesn't know this. No, trust me, he really, he knows it. He made you, he handcrafted you. He knows how you think and he even knows what your tendencies are. And he knows everything because he's omnipresent. He's been there. He's done that. He's walked with you through those things and through those moments. But there's a different side of this. It's not only the things that we've done. It's the things that have been done to us. And we carry these offenses. And, and I, I just feel like a need to, to tell you, I'm so sorry for some of the things that, that you've been through. I'm so sorry. But those things don't have to define your life anymore. He created a way forward. He said, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pull those things from darkness into the light. Confession pulls our past out of the shadows. We give it to him. We go, Jesus, this is my thing. This is what I've done. This is what's been done to me. And we give it to him. And we find rest for our souls. He says, come to me who are heavy laden and I will weary and heaven laden and I will give you rest. We find rest for our souls, but we also find relief for our mind. God's not afraid of biology. He knows our brain science. He knows that if we label those things, we put a name on them, it takes the power right out of them. It saps the power right out of those negative thoughts, right out of those negative emotions. You can try, you can try to conjure them up again, but the moment you label it again and you give it to him, that's what he says, listen, my nerve, my nerve, oh, I can't speak. In Lamentations 3, he says, my mercies are new every morning, so I would suggest instead of just taking advantage of his fresh mercy and grace in the morning, that as his mercy is new every morning, every single morning we say, Jesus, here's my stuff, here's my baggage, here's my, here's my things, here's what I'm struggling with, I'm giving it to you, and you're going to start your day by diffusing the power of your past. 
sapping the power right out of it and embracing the power that's found in Jesus. Yeah, you should probably clap a little harder than that. <laughs> See, our pain, our struggles, our regrets, they all have the ability to frame our future unless we pull them into the light. Unless we could just pull them forward and pull them into the light. This is what, this is John describing Jesus in John 1 verse 5. He says, this light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot extinguish it. So when we pull our stuff, our baggage, our garbage, all the extra stuff that we've accumulated over time, we pull it into the, into the light and we're afraid that the darkness has power over us. The darkness only has power over us if we choose to live there. If we choose to stay there, because what happens is shame starts to run our life. Oh, if somebody finds out, they're not going to look at me the same way. They're not going to think of me the same way. If somebody finds out that I'm struggling with this thing, then, then, then they're not going to like me anymore. They're not going to talk to me anymore. They're not going to connect with me. We've got to keep it under here. And you live this whole underground life because we're so worried about some judgmental person. Can I tell you, this is a safe place. This is a place where everyone's fallen short of the, uh, the sin. What am I trying to say here? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There we go. That's all of us, every single person without exception. That's every single one of us. So we could be judgy or we could say, hey, welcome home to a place where we're all pulling our past from the darkness into the light, taking the power out of it, giving the power and the glory to Jesus and following him one step at a time. But that's on us. That's on us to pull our stuff out so that when somebody else comes to us and says, wow, hey, I'm really struggling. Can you help us? Help me with this. You can say, yeah, actually, when I pulled my stuff from the darkness into the light, this is what happened. And this is how I'm living free. So you can actually help them on the way. See, this is what it says in James. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Trina, if you just want to back it up to that last one. Confess your sins to each other. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems terrifying. Like, you want me to tell everybody my deep, dark secrets? Not everybody. Somebody. Not everybody. Somebody. And we always think that this is super negative. Because we say confess and sins. And when we think of confess, we think of criminals. And sins, we're like, well, please don't ever say that word. <laughs> that does not apply to me. Wrong. Uh, <laughs> we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Confession doesn't have to be me sitting at a table with a bright light shining in my face. Well, it kind of feels like what I do every Sunday. Going, can I get a cup of water now? And then the interrogator comes in and goes, yes, tell me all your sins. Confess, confess, confess. And you're like, I thought we were hanging out, bro. <laughs> Why are we in your garage with this light in my face? That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is actually getting to the point. You know, Jesse's up here talking about we're a community and we're family. That's only true if we're real. Because otherwise it's a facade. So we need people in our lives that we can trust that we can talk to, that we can share our, our mistakes, our screw-ups, and we can share our wins and our successes. Because here's the thing. Both are powerful, and both could be used as a weapon against you. So Matt, who's our drummer, and I think he's slipped out today because I pulled him on stage in the first service, and he did not want that again. Uh, 
I didn't pull him up. I just talked about him. And Matt and I have been best friends for almost two decades, a long time. And when you have somebody like that, they've seen you at the best of times, and trust me, they've seen you at the worst of times. But they're trusted because they've been with you through all of it. They've stuck it out with you. And if they're a Christian, they now have the ability to speak the wisdom of Jesus into your life. So when I come to him and I say, hey, here's what I'm going through. Here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what I'm wrestling with. Because if you ever thought that just because I'm up here, I got it all sorted out, you'd be seriously mistaken. He says, hey, man, I, I, that, that's cool. I've been through that. We can see through that. And we pray together that I could find myself healed and set free from that thing. And he, we can also do that by him holding me accountable for the things that I can control. It's like when you go to the gym. If I go to the gym by myself, I'm going to lift five-pound weights eight times because it's really light and easy so I could say that I did it. But if I go with Craig, then I'm going to lift the heaviest weight possible, and he's going to push me and say, I'm not done, I'm not done, until I hit exhaustion, then we're going to plank it out for two more minutes. (laughs) And that's a really good thing because he holds me accountable. My behavior is held accountable. Now, Christianity is not about behavior modification, though you might have been led in that direction. But what it is about is me dealing with my stuff so I've got nothing standing in, my, in the way of my future. Because God's got such a huge plan and purpose for every single person sitting in this room. That if we could just clear the road, we could just walk and follow Jesus one step at a time right into the plan and the purposes that he has for us. We just got to deal with our junk. For most of us, we get... Two, three, four steps down the road, I'm like, ugh, gotta pull over, gotta stop. I got so much stuff holding me down. I got so much junk weighing me down. I got so much stuff that I just can't process it. You need to confess your sin to somebody, and not only your sin, but, but your mistakes, and not only your sins, but your wins, because guess what could quickly become a sin is every win because it feeds into my ego. Or that's just me. So you got to have somebody who's like, listen, bro, you're not doing this for the right reasons. You're doing this for your pride. You're doing this for your ego. You're not making the right choice because guess what's just as dangerous? Me making decisions based on my ego and my pride because I'm putting my family at risk and I'm putting my life at risk and I'm putting the church at risk and I'm putting everybody around me at risk because I'm stepping out beyond my grace zone, outside of my faith zone into what I can do. And let me tell you, if it's all built on me, it's all going to fall apart because eventually I will stumble and fall. So you need somebody who you can be like, listen, I can just share some things with you. Because here's what happens. You confess it to Jesus. You give it to Jesus. You diffuse the power. You talk to somebody who's trusted, who's trustworthy, who's a believer, who's a Christian, who can pray with you, walk with you. You share it with them. You diffuse the power of your past. And they can keep you accountable to your future. You think it's about holding you back. You think it's, it's hard. No, no, no. It's your friend saying, listen, you've got so much more in you. I'm not going to let you walk down this road. They're holding you accountable to your future, to the plans and purposes that God has for you. It's not about holding you back. It's about setting you free and letting you run. But we're so like, oh, don't hold me down. Don't tie me down. You think that freedom is found in the dark, but freedom is only found in the light that's found in Jesus. That's why it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, encourage one another and build each other up just as you're already doing. Uh, another translation says, build each other up in the most holy faith. We got to build each other. We got to pump each other up. We got to say, listen, that was your past. It's not your future. If you don't have somebody that can say that in your life, you need to find them and you need to find it today. We'll probably do a one minute mingle at the end just so you can find that person. <laughs> I love this, Proverbs 28. 
You can't whitewash your sins and get by with it. You find mercy by admitting and leaving them. We got to admit them and leave them. Confession takes the power out of our past. But I want to show you something. There's a couple of, in the original Greek, there's a couple of different definitions for the word confess. You know, you go to a Webster's Dictionary, you see there's a few, one, two, three, four definitions beside a word. The same thing is true here. Trina, if we could just jump straight to that. A secondary definition is actually profess. So confession, confess. A secondary definition of that word confess is to profess. And to profess is to acknowledge openly and joyfully, to one's honor or to celebrate or to give praise to, or to profess that one will do something to promise to agree or to, my favorite, engage. It's a church name joke, but nobody got it today. <laughs> 10 o'clock, they howled, so... Thanks, guys. Also, a Star Trek joke, engage, make it so. Anyways. If I have to explain it, it's not a joke. And you're just leaving me hanging. So I'm confessing your sins for you. Uh, It shifts. When you begin to confess, you can give it to Jesus and you give it to a trusted, accountable person. It shifts from a confession to a profession. It moves from confess to profess. Where all of a sudden, I don't just confess to my things. I profess that Jesus has set me free, that he's broken the change off of me. I begin to profess and celebrate and to honor Jesus for what he's done because we pulled it from the darkness into the light. It moves from confession into profession. And this is, this is how it works in uh, John 1 verse 14. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. John 1.14, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Now what you need to be aware of is this is only a few verses later from when it says that Jesus is the light and the light outshines the darkness and cannot be extinguished. So when we're describing the light, we're describing Jesus. And when you describe Jesus, you find unfailing love and faithfulness. When I confess my stuff, my past, my pain, even the things that have been done to me that are holding me back, not because I did anything wrong, but because I'm giving it to Jesus and pulling it into the light. When I pull it into the light, Jesus starts to rewrite the story. He begins to rewrite the narrative. And all of a sudden, that thing that held me back, the thing that was my pain, the thing that kept me trapped, all of a sudden now, I go back to find it and, and to give it some power again to hold me back. He says, oh, hold on. You pulled that thing into the light. There's no power in that thing. All we can find now is the unfailing love and faithfulness of Jesus because you took that thing, you pulled it into the light, you gave it to Jesus and you took the power right out of it and every time you try and go back to it, you just find Jesus with unfailing love and faithfulness, unfailing love and faithfulness, that thing that was holding you back, that assault that's holding you back, unfailing love and faithfulness that's only found in Jesus. Hebrews 12 describes Jesus as the author and the finisher of of our faith. He's rewriting our story. Every time we pull it from the darkness into the light, it's whitewashed and rewritten with the unfailing love of Jesus. Unfailing love and faithfulness. Unfailing love and mercy. Unfailing love and grace. Only the things that are found in Jesus. He's rewriting our story. And then just when you think you're getting to the end, you're like, is he done with me? 
We're reminded that that which he has started, he will bring to completion. He's not finished with you yet. If you have breath, he's not finished with you yet. If you could breathe, he's not finished with you yet. If you can open your eyes, if you can see something, he's not finished with you yet. He's just getting started. Philippians 3. I once thought these things were valuable, but I now consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. So I can gain Christ. I can tell you what's garbage. It's the things in your past that are meant to keep you trapped and keep you in the past. Jesus has no need for that. In fact, why don't you stand to your feet? And as you stand to your feet, all across this room, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We don't have the room for you to come and bring it forward. But we got room for you right where you are to start unloading some of that junk right here, right now. And here's how we're going to do that. You can either say this on the inside with an inside voice. You can pray it out loud with a whisper, however you want to do that. All we're simply going to do is say your own version of this short prayer. And I don't even, it doesn't even matter right now if you've accepted Jesus in your life yet because he's about to prove to you the power of his presence because we're going to pull our stuff from the darkness into the light. So with every head bowed, with every eye closed, because every single one of us is doing the same thing. In in your own words, in your heart, in your mind, with your voice, you're going to say, Jesus, right now, I give you my stuff. I give you my junk. I give you that mistake. I give you that sin. You can name them. The more you name them and you identify them and you give them to them, the more power leaves from those things. They no longer have a power over you. So we're going to name and identify those things and give it to Jesus. Jesus, I give you this mistake. At this time, I give it to you. I give this to you. I give you this thought. I give it to you. God, I give you this mindset. And then you can even start giving the things that were done to you, not because it's your fault, but because you're going to pull it into light. Jesus, this thing happened to me and I'm pulling it into the light and I'm giving it to you because I'm not carrying this baggage anymore. I'm not carrying this stuff anymore. Jesus, I'm giving it to you. So while they sing, I just want you to pray right here, right now, wherever you are. You can do it out loud. You can do it in your head, but give your stuff, give your garbage. The things that are holding you back does not have to hold you back any longer. This is your day. This is your moment. This is your time. Give your junk to Jesus. Wow. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Uh, I know that God is doing incredible things in your life. This is a great time for you to give your junk to Jesus. It's a simple thing. It's a simple person. God, this is my stuff. Jesus, take my pain, take my past. I don't want to live here anymore. 
We'd love for you to visit in person. We're up here in Spruce Grove or Stony Plain, Alberta. If you have no idea where that is, that's in Canada. You can always follow us online at engagechurch.ca on social media at engage.church. We'd love to see you, love to connect with you. Have a great week, everybody.